Let us pray. Lord, we pray that your Holy Spirit would be encountered, your forgiveness experienced, and your love made known. Amen. Amen. Reformed and reforming. Week six. Because we're Lutheran and the Reformation should be more than one day. Reforming is something that God continues to do in us. So, yes, we take and usually set aside one Sunday to do that, but we've taken this whole series um, and set that aside. If you've missed any of those uh, sermons and would like to go back and hear those parts, those are on our website. You can go to celebrationlutheran.com and, and find those, those sermons there. Um, and also a chance to tell you that means next week we start a new series. And it will cover Christ the King Sunday, all of Advent, and Christmas Eve. So um, it is called The Thrill of Hope. We'll talk about finding hope on the cross where Christ shows what it means for Christ, for Jesus to be king. A little bit different than what we expect. And we'll go through the hope of Advent, the hope of uh, the child that is to be born as we move towards Christmas, the hope of Christ's return and the bringing of God's kingdom and its fullness to the earth. And then we will celebrate Christmas Eve together with hope being here in, in Jesus' birth. Reformed and reforming. We've started by talking about reformed together. We talked about Ruth and Naomi and how God never puts us in isolation really to reform us, that it always happens in community and with others. We talked about being reformed with God at the center as David takes the ark and basically in a sense creates the Jerusalem we think of when we think of Jerusalem putting the ark of the covenant in the center and so saying God's presence is in the middle of the people. Then Pastor Jeanette, assistant to the bishop, came and talked about being reformed together with God at the center and how Josiah and the discovery and the rediscovery of scripture and the commitment of people back to God um, and to the covenant. So how they did that together with God at the center. And then we moved into reforming, which began to answer the question, why? What is God reforming us for? And so we talked about being reformed to serve. And we listened to the prophet Isaiah tell us that God thinks our offerings and sacrifices are nauseating. Um, but that's if we're not living the life that God has called us to live, don't bother to bring the sacrifice and the offering. Um, so our, our financial folks say still bring the offering. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, and, and then we talked about reforming to live and the kind of life that God is calling us to with John the Baptist on the Jordan River, right? His adult Jesus is about to show up on the scene and he's warning people that Jesus is coming. One more powerful than I is coming. And so folks are going out and being baptized by John in the river and the people say, well, this warning, you've warned us, now what? And he looks at all the people, says, if you have two coats and somebody needs one, share it. And the tax collectors, so telling us everybody can be included in God's kingdom. They're going, what do we do? And he says, well, don't take more than what you're supposed to. Be fair with others. And the mercenary soldiers, right? Those who are working 
in a sense, for the Roman occupation have even come out. And they're like, what do we do? And he said, don't be extorting people and being a bully. So he gives us these great warnings, but then tells us that reformed life and that changed life in Jesus Christ means share, be fair, and don't be a bully. <laughs> Something that we can all do. And so today we're going to talk about reforming the relationship, which really gets us back to the beginning and back to the core. I went to seminary in Columbus, Ohio. There's a university in Columbus, Ohio that most folks have heard of. And so in conversation in one of my first weeks there with a couple of my friends that were actually from Ohio, you know, we talked about something and I said, oh, you know, something about Ohio State University and they stopped me. And they went, no, no, no. The Ohio State University. Yeah, well, but what a branding technique and what a beautiful job of saying, yes, there are other colleges and universities in Ohio, but this is the Ohio State University. It builds pride, but it builds that sense of premiership of what's most important or what's the best. And so today we're going to talk about reforming the relationship. We're all involved in tons of relationships in our lives, folks we work with, uh, family, our church community. And at different times, those relationships and each of those relationships takes on more importance and becomes the relationship. A joke, is, but it's true, if my wife is mad at me, that is the relationship I need to work on. If one of my kids has a need or is going through something as kids do, that is the relationship as a dad that I have to focus on. When a friend's going through, you know, grief of any kind or tragedy, that becomes the relationship that and, and God sends us to, right? But we're talking about reforming the relationship. And we're in church, so this is an easy question. When I asked, you said, which is the relationship? What is the relationship that we're all called to work on, to put as first place, as the most important relationship? Right, and even my kids get to Jesus, God, Jesus, right? We had the reading from Jeremiah and a reading from Luke. And I hope when you hear those two together, your brain begins to wonder, how does Jeremiah proclaiming, I will be their God and they will be my people, fit with Jesus and the disciples at the Last Supper. It comes down to that word covenant. It's mentioned in Jeremiah and Luke. And a covenant is an agreement, sometimes contractually, between two parties or two people. When we talk about covenants in the Bible, usually we're talking about the covenant or the new 
covenant. The covenant as God leads the people, uses Moses to lead them out of Egypt, the exodus, from slavery into freedom, eventually to the promised land, right? It's a long story. It's a beautiful story. But that is the relationship between God and God's people. That is the covenant. But as we do, we just went through All Saints Sunday a couple weeks ago, and I asked you, how many of you are sinners? And every hand in the room went up. We break that covenant over and over and over. That's why we do confession at the beginning of the service. We recognize our own sinfulness. We have taught that well as a church. We have to know that we are broken and that we have been the ones doing the breaking. So how does that affect the relationship? The prophet Jeremiah tells us God is declaring a new covenant where we will be forgiven. God said the old covenant's broken in a way because we didn't keep our side of the agreement. It's like infidelity in a marriage covenant. I've had folks come to me as a pastor saying, we want to work on our relationship still. We want to move past this. We want to go through forgiveness. What do we need to do? And I said, well, you need to do counseling. But beyond that, if you decide to keep this marriage together, and I hope and pray that you find a way to do this, you will need to renew the covenant that you made to each other. Covenant. So the promise of a new covenant where God forgives us, where everyone can know of God's love. And so when Jesus gathers the disciples for that last meal, and he says, I have longed to share this meal with you. I've earnestly desired to share this meal with you before I suffer. He tells us what's about to happen and what is to come, not only in the crucifixion, but in this meal. And at that meal that we celebrate here every week, One of the key words in understanding what happens when we come to communion is the new covenant. A new agreement. Filled with God's grace. Understanding that we will never be perfect and never live up to that covenant. We are made righteous in the blood of Jesus Christ. And so he takes the cup and says, this cup is the new covenant the new relationship. I am reforming what was. And when you reform what was, reforming, sometimes we think of it as restoring or restoration. Something being restored. But when something's broken and you restore it and you fix it, it never quite works the same again, does it? Sometimes you can make it better. But then we don't call it restoration, we call it renovation. Reforming in this new covenant is God's renovation on our relationship with God. Let me say that again. This new covenant, this reforming of the covenant is God's renovation on our relationship, on the relationship. I grew up Lutheran in the South. 
And I always wondered, when I become a preacher someday, I'm not going to only talk about your personal relationship with Jesus Christ. But I did go to church often enough with, with my friends, in Church of Christ and, and Baptist friends, where they talked about the relationship. And there was something there, though, that God instilled in me that was so beautiful as well. That we do need that. That, that is where everything else flows out from. My father-in-law, if you hear me preach long enough, you're going to hear me say this over and over again because I say it to my kids all the time. You are who you hang out with. And so if we are hanging out with God and spending the quality time necessary for any relationship, spending the time in the relationship, that that love and grace that God shows us through the blood of Jesus Christ then inspires us to live that same way in the world. In churchy terms, we call it being disciples of Christ and living like Jesus. The ways of Jesus Christ become our ways. So Mother Teresa would go to the lepers because that's what Jesus did. The untouchables of society so when Jesus and Paul then pick that up and then urge us to go to the prisons to take care of the widows and the orphans and have a focus on those who just need to be cared for because of life's circumstances, to take care of the aliens and the visitors. It wasn't only part of Jewish law, it's part of God's heart of mercy for everyone, the humanity in the other. When we look at others and make them the other, God always steps across that line. One of my favorite authors, Brennan Manning, said, here's the line. Whenever I draw the line between me and someone else, between right and wrong, the strangest thing that I find as a spiritual person is I find God on the other side of the line. Of all the dividing lines, God on the other side. Always reforming. But when God reforms us and reforms the relationship, it's a renovation. And it's supposed to renovate our lives so that we live in a way that brings the kingdom of God into the world just as Jesus did. The ways of mercy, the ways of forgiveness, the ways of grace. We've done this opening liturgy. We give thanks for the church that was, the church that is, and the church that will be. It's never going to look like it did a thousand years ago. It's not going to look like it did 500 years ago. Some of those things we bring forward, but God is always in the processing of reforming and renovating. But it's renovating our lives so that they look less like our brokenness and sinfulness and more like God's righteousness 
Amen.